right, y'all, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode, hashtag CB99Talks, episode 139. Yeah, I'm here. I'm live, y'all. I'm just a little behind, but we in the building. All right. What's going on, y'all? Hello, leaders. I'll take the super-sized combos. Oh, appreciate that. But the 10, 10 spots, you put up, put up the money for it. I appreciate that, man. The 10 spot. All right, little leader in the building. What's going on? Man, feels like it's been a few days again since I was live. But, man, I've been busy. And I wanted to just jump back on, too, man, because wanted to just talk about the past weekend. You know, I had a lot of fights, but I ain't going to complain and say it wasn't like a good weekend. It was a decent weekend, but I always I was feeling like the championship fights could have been a little bit better, but still got something to talk about. I mean, we had like eight fights last weekend between UFC and Bellator, and we got four fights coming up this weekend. And y'all know that one on the left. That's one I'm looking forward to coming up. This Maya Arujo fight. Arujo's in that situation, man. She's in that. She's in that same situation. It's similar to Montana because she's on a two-fight losing streak right now. So, hey, you know what that means. You know what that means, y'all. What's up, y'all? Marcus, let's go. Easy, said, let's go. There's up six, Ravioli. Oh, man. All right, let me pull up the stream a little bit here so I can see everything. Easy said Maya going to cook. Yeah, Maya, Maya's been looking good lately. She's been looking better lately. And, I mean, it might be due to the competition. She's fighting, but still, she should be beating that level of competition. I mean, that tells us that she's not necessarily, like, deteriorating. Like, her skills aren't diminishing, you know? There's still a plus side to what we see from her. All right. But yeah, man, um, this past weekend, shout out to my man BJ. It was a rough one for him. He's had a terrible weekend. Uh I I I, I can say I told him on all of these because everybody he picked, I picked the opposite of. <laughs> I mean, well, those are his girls too, you know. Like I said, he those are his girls. No matter what the situation is, if they're gonna they're gonna win and they're gonna lose. He's gonna ride with them, you know. So everybody that was on the card Saturday, whether they will lose or win, that's just how it goes, right? I mean, dang man, he, he has some wow. All all his picks, all my man's picks, man, they was they was down in the dumps last Saturday, you know. And, and let's look at that, man. Let's let's look at that. What was the first fight? That, that had him crying <laughs> right oh man we had um like i said i already talked about this fight but i'm just saying i'm gonna look at the angles here with the with these fighters what's next with the man like easy say yeah if you're a betting man keep love out of it. yeah yeah right right for sure yeah that's how it is with some of the ones i pick i'm like i'm not necessarily like this hardcore fan there's fans i am fighters of and that's when i'm torn between them like when lamos and rodriguez fought I was kind of like, man, like, who should I pick here? Like, I mostly picked off of, like, experience and the momentum, and I thought Rodriguez had it. But when you mix styles together, money says go on Lamos because of the, of the style matchup, you know? But money definitely says you better put your money on Wei Lee 
if we needed Lamos to fight, right? You know, uh, fan-wise, I did pick Lamos, but if you want money, you know where to go, right? I'm still, dang, man, I should have I put money on this fight, too, because they actually had, who was the underdog in this fight? Was Aldridge the underdog? No, Vanessa Demopoulos was the underdog in her fight. And that one, I don't understand really how, you know, when Demopoulos is ranked. No, not ranked, excuse me. She was active. Sorry, she was active. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, Aldridge, De La Rosa, for, for you know, former training partners, it turned out to be a good fight. You know, it wasn't a bad fight. Uh, I think. Aldridge and De La Rosa, they both kind of put everything behind them and said, you know, it's, you know, this, this is a fight. And that's why I always say that too, man. Like, you know, some of these fighters in the same division, they shouldn't really like train together. Like, especially if they're on the same path, you know, like if you're in the same division, same organization, it's one thing. If you train with a flyweight that's in Bellator, fine. You know, UFC flyweight trainer, Bellator flyweight, that's cool. But if y'all are both flyweights in the UFC, I don't know. You know, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, um, fighters are going to know your ins and outs, or you might not want to fight them because you're two friends. You know, and, and friendship, that's the thing with this one, man. I just thought of friendships, you know, can affect the fights. Sometimes it, sometimes it can, sometimes it, it won't. You know, I think Liz and the Lima's fight, friendship affected it. You know, their friendship is kind of deep. So, yeah, like, it did affect it. I'll talk about it in a minute. But De La Rosa and Aldridge, yeah, I don't think they really, like, diehard friends or anything. You know what I mean? Like, ride or dies like that. They weren't really friends, but they did train together. So, um, it wasn't really – it definitely wasn't a good thing for, for De La Rosa. Um, I think that Aldridge – she she came to win, you know what I mean? Like she came to win because she took everything that she studied from Montana into this fight and said, okay, you know, uh, I know exactly what she's going to do and I'm going to use it against her. Uh, Montana, she knew what Aldridge knew about her. So to me, it should have been on Montana to make some changes, you know, make some adjustments throughout this training camp. I'm I'm just saying because, you know, Montana knows that some of these fighters are going to know you at some point. And, and, you know, I give her, I, I try to give her a pass because it was the last, it was a 10 day notice fight. It was a 10 day notice fight for because she was supposed to fight Edgar. She was supposed to fight, um, what's her name, Agapova. But then last minute, Audrey steps in. So she's probably like, well, man, I didn't know I was going to fight her. You know, it, it was a last-minute thing for her, too. She was probably, oh, she, I didn't know she was going to be fighting her. This, this girl knows me, and I know what she knows about me. I know her. And word was, you know, that the takedown defense of J.J. Aldridge was looking solid, and that was one of the weaknesses for Montana. So it kind of made Montana uh, taking that last notice fight against somebody that you already know uh, kind of put her – in a hot spot, you know, but if you really want it, you got to get it. And I won't knock her, man. She tried, you know, Montana did try in this fight. It's just the fact that Aldridge knew every move. Marcus Bell said some people have fell into the trap of betting. Montana used Lipsky as an example for Montana being able to take her down. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, Aldridge, she came in this fight. She said, hey, I'll take this fight because hey, I know this fighter and I can take that. I can take advantage of that. I'm still active. You know, I just, just fought a couple months ago. Fight didn't last but two rounds. I came out clean. So, hey, why not? I'll take it. So she took the fight and, you know, she utilized her skills. And like I said, when I, I saw Aldridge fighting like a fighter that knew she had nothing to fear as far as like not having to worry about uh, being taken down. And that's where Montana, uh, to me, kind of failed. You know, she didn't take those chances. And that was better than trying to stand with the, the superior striker in this fight. You know, she tried, but I didn't think it was uh, it was going to benefit her to stand all night with JJ, you know. And I know everybody thought some some people thought 37 was a little harsh. But like I said, 3027 doesn't necessarily mean you whoop that person from pillar to post. You know what I mean? Like that person can fight tooth and nail for every round, but still win every round. Like Aldridge has some close moments. The numbers look close, but she clearly won every round. You know, she still won every round to me. But uh, moving forward, uh, it was a good win for Aldridge to come back and get active and stay active. But um, as far as her approach, I think she's still going to need some dog, man. She's going to need that dog when she steps it up against these other girls, uh, especially going into that top 15. You know, I don't know who she can fight next. Who, Marina Moreau? Um, not Marina Moreau, but, well, Maverick actually called out Andrea Lee, so maybe they'll make that fight. But uh, J.J. Aldridge, I think, uh, shoot, who could she fight? Melissa Gatto or somebody? I don't know anybody any of them names you know uh give her somebody that's gonna test her her dog anybody that's gonna test jj's dog because she's gonna need it moving forward that's the only way you're gonna make it in the top 15 at at, at flyweight because all of these girls are killers right now the top 15 minus a few old heads that you know seen better days the top 15 is looking crazy catch aware yeah, JJ versus Catchware is not a bad fight. That's more like a stay busy fight, I think. I don't think that's really anything to get her sharp or get her rank, but I could see her winning that fight. As long as she don't get clipped, I think she has the skills to, to uh, control the fight, though. You know, I think she's technically better, but uh, the dog, the fighters go after. And, you know, Catchware ain't going to take her down. So, yeah, I think she could box her and outpoint her, you know. That's what I think. Uh, Montana, I'm going to say it again, Montana versus JoJo. That'd be a good fight to kind of make, you know, loser leaves town type of type of situation. Uh, yeah, loser leaves town in the um, Montana-JoJo type of fight, you know. Um, and I say that because, you know, I hate to see any of them get hurt at this point because the girls are getting tougher and tougher. It, it, the deal with Montana, though, is not necessarily that she get she's getting ripped apart. You know, I think she has skills, but they haven't they haven't got to a certain level, man. Like they just haven't got to a certain level where she can be even like top low top fifteen fighters. Like Jennifer Maya, she might never she might never see the belt. Okay, Jennifer Maya may never hold the belt. She may never hold that strap at any point in her career. At this point at any point in her career 
But I think Jennifer Maya, she can still beat a lot of girls in the top 15. You know, I think style-wise, she can still do that. But um, when you compare it to, like, Montana, I don't know if she can do that now. Like, she's not necessarily, like, on the downside, but she just never, like, got to a level to match with some of these other girls. Like, it's just what it is. I mean, JoJo, she's more on the downside, though, but she has four top-level fighters, but she's lost to a lot. I think that just would be a good test for Montana to see if she can if she can beat somebody like that, because if she can't beat somebody like JoJo at this point, I think she should be done. But, yeah, uh, yeah, Miranda, she did call out Andrea Lee. That's interesting. They all trained together before I know. I think it was Montana, Andrea, JJ, and Miranda. So maybe they kind of broke that little pack they had. And maybe she saw JJ take the fight with Montana and said, hey, you know what? Let me let me fight Andrea Lee. Let's do it. You know, because she, she wants to stay busy, you know. So if you got to stay busy, you're going to have to fight somebody. <laughs> you're going to have to fight somebody. Um, everybody can say Lee should retire. If she loses to Miranda, I want to see that fight. Yeah, if she fights, I want to see that fight. Let's see that fight first. All right. I'm going to run through some of these. I'm just kind of going through the past weekend because I know I didn't talk about this one. But Kanako Murata and Vanessa Demopoulos. I wanted to see Kanako win because I was, you know, I, I'm, I see her as a promising fighter. But, man, like, maybe it was the rust. Maybe it was the rust in this fight. Um, I'm not really going to argue with the decision on this. What did y'all think? Some people were saying this thing was a robbery. Again, close fight, not a robbery. Close fights are not robberies to me. I think with the way Demopolis was fighting, it was like somebody that wanted it, and she was always putting hands on Murata in this fight, whether it was on the bottom or on the feet. I think Murata landed some good shots on the feet, and she did get the better takedowns, and her wrestling actually looked like she was you know, stronger than Demopolis, which I was kind of surprised because Demopolis was kind of big, you know. Um, Kanaga was actually controlling her a couple of times, you know, on the ground. But then when she would free up the hands, you know, Demopolis was landing some good punches off the bat, you know. So I could see a two-to-one. That's how I saw it. But I didn't really, like, go in this fight saying – come out of this fight saying, oh, man, like, Murata got robbed. Um, she didn't do a great deal on the feet either. You know, she didn't do a great deal on the feet either. You know, um, she didn't. She landed a couple good snapping shots on the mobbles, but never really followed up. And maybe that might just be the rust to me. Uh, let's see. So who do you, what did y'all think? What did y'all think? Easy said he felt Vanessa won. Oh, yeah. Ravioli said Montana needs a coach. That's not her husband. Yeah, I agree. And Robot Chicken said DLR needs a gym or to find a new career. Um. I think she definitely need a new gym because that would tell us the the tale of where she really is. Like, is it the gym or is it her? You know, if she finds somebody that can build up her confidence, uh, make her uncomfortable, take her to places she ain't never been before in the trenches, and she succeeds and looks better, then yeah, I think. That would be what she needs. She kind of needs that reinvention. But um, if it doesn't work after a few fights, then, yeah, maybe it would be time to call it quits. All right, robot chicken said my girl Jackie got it done. Jackie, oh, Jackie Bontan. 
I might admit that I missed something. Was there a fight tonight? You talking about the Muay Thai Bonton? I thought Murata won with control and done more. Uh, Murata was clearly frustrated. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, she seemed a little frustrated on the feet, like a little tentative too, man. Like I don't know if she was being weary of the right hand, but she had the speed. Maybe it was just octagon rust. Maybe it was just cage rust because Murata had the skills, I think, and the speed to win on the feet. You know, if she would have just kept pumping her jab out and sticking that left hand, she could have been in and out in this fight. Because she made Demopolis miss a few times on the feet, but it was Murata that initiated the takedown. So, I don't know, man. Maybe it was rust, but yeah, she looked a little frustrated. She did. But yeah, I, I thought she did enough to win the fight on uh, the Marvels. I definitely ain't gonna argue with that. Third fight we had was uh this was a good fight. This was a good fight. I watched it again, you know, I watched it. I missed some of it the first time it came on, but I, I thought Carolina Kovacavich, she did all right. You know, I thought, you know, she looked like a fighter that wants to fight on and not just take a beating, you know. Um, she wanted to go in there and win and she utilized some good skills, you know, good hand speed good selection uh they had a 30 27 again like to me this is one of them fights where i could have seen it 29 28 but then i look back and seen like the takedowns Belvita didn't really do much with the takedowns i thought carolina actually utilized being on the ground better so to me 30 27 i'm not gonna argue it again because it wasn't a situation where it was dominant but carolina did make do if she landed better with her uh she landed better on her feet and she did better with the ground positions too so yeah from here um yeah easy to give carolina a ranked opponent yeah i think so man with four unranked fighters in a row you beat i think she's done what she needed to do to convince herself and then maybe a few others so give her you know um yeah now nah, dare i say Mary, michelle waterson maybe not Michelle Washington is coming off a hard, hard beat. Hard beating, I'm telling you, man. Um, hey, Carolina, maybe. No, I, I know Easy said it the other day. Easy said, give her Angela Hill. Angela Hill might not be Angela Hill if she loses to Denise Gomes. It, you know, if Denise Gomes come out thrashing Angela Hill. She might not be. She might not be game for Angela Hill at that point. Angela Hill gonna fall out the ranking. So, who in the rankings right now? She could fight. Have the reach. Ah, have the reach. Fighting Loopy, man. Let me see. What's going on with this rankings, right? What's going on with these rankings? Some about Denise Gomes though, versus like Loopy style. I think Denise Gomes. Her. Dare I say her IQ? Well, I won't say her IQ is higher than Loopy's, but there's something about her striking selection. Like, the way she set up her knockouts in the last couple fights look good. It might be the opponents, but something about the way she's been punching, like the way she goes to the body and to the head, is tactical. So, don't be surprised if Gomez, Denise Gomes becomes the first to stop Angela Hill. It's possible. 
the way she set up her punches, the way Mackenzie Dern let off horn, it's, it's possible. People just go downhill from here, man. No pun intended. Ravio said, where's Verna? Um, I believe she's still out because she's had surgery on her knee. Why did they take mate? Why did they make Richie fight down? I don't know, man. Like, I actually thought Tabitha Richie should have fought a little up. I didn't want to see her loopy fight yet. Well, you know what? Easy. Easy. Um, Carolina's already ranked too now. She's ranked number 14. Yeah, she's ranked number 14. Uh, she must have been 15 last week. So. At 14, yeah, she could definitely fight up, man. She could fight. Um, who could she fight? Ebos, Luana Pinero winner. Lupe Ricci winner. Or if she feel just like she want to keep fighting on, she could fight somebody else unranked. I don't know. Her and Sam Hughes could fight. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's not bad. I don't know. Lupe versus... Um, Loopy versus Richie kind of reminds me of like how Miranda and Macy fought. Like they shouldn't have made that fight yet. You know, they should have waited till they got up to a little bit higher. Haven't heard anything from the two since their last fight. Oh, is there anyone here from Waterson from that beatdown? She all of a sudden went missing with Lamos. Um, I haven't heard much from Waterson. I mean, I understand why. You know, she did take a beat. You know, it's time to just kind of chill out. Um Lamos, yeah, Lamos has been training. Lamos, Lamos is back in the gym working. Yeah, Lamos is back in the gym working. She's been rolling. I mean, Lamos needs a little bit. I don't know, like, she needs, like, maybe another boxing coach that's going to get her to move hands a lot better, man. Like, that, that's all I can say with Lamos' situation, man. But, yeah, Carolina deserves a ranked opponent. I, mean, I could I could go with that at this point. But let's look at some of this Bellator action, man. Um the Bellator card, I wasn't really I wasn't like I would, you know, definitely hype because we had a lot of fights, but overall I didn't um uh, I didn't see the championship fights like do it for me like that. They were finishes, but and you know what? We had four out of five four out of five finishes on the women's card I, I shouldn't complain right maybe it was the fashion of some of them well we already knew what chris was going to do to cats so i can't knock that fight but overall i mean yeah we have four out of four out of five finishes for the women in bellator okay and just so y'all know yeah marcus i noticed that um there were a few fights missing Remember the, the the night the fights came on and I said three, I thought they were going to show them three more fights. They show them as post limbs. And I I looked up Bellator. I think I've seen it before. Like after the main card, they'll do post limbs. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. They do prelims and post limbs. I think they only do post limbs whenever they, when they have like a loaded card and they press for time, you know. So they put the last three fights on like a post limbs card back on YouTube. So after you watch main card, you go back to YouTube and watch three more fights if you're still awake. You know, so I looked at the, the, the Lorraine Santos fight and Jacqueline, Jackie Catalan fight. It was only decision for the women. 
not a bad fight. I mean, Jackie Jackie Catalan, I expect her to maybe go for more of a knockout, but she went for more of a wrestling approach. I know most people were picking Lorraine Santos because she was six and one, but she got schooled on the ground, man. Catalina came in and just wrestled to death, wrestled her to death for like three rounds. You know, not really a action-packed fight. Like I said, just her taking her to school on the ground. But yeah, that's what that's what they do, man. Post limbs. There's usually like two or three fights that come on after the main card. Yeah. Jenna Bishop, though, like I said, Jenna Bishop was the one that I was kind of eyeing as far as wanting to see what kind of performance she would put on. And man, she she had Ilaria Wani hemmed up like this, man. I'm like, dang, Yawani, boy, she'll come and fight. Ilaria Yawani, she comes and fights. But sometimes, man, she just be leaving her chin out there too much or just leaving her whole body out there to be taken down you know um the girl can hit and she is explosive but i said you know jenna bishop i gotta go with her in this fight she's got the she's got the takedowns and she's got the ground game she's got the hands too so yeah jenna bishop she came in made a good you know good statement for herself i know like i said she's 37 but i think maybe in a couple of a couple more fights maybe three or four fights you'll see her challenging for the bellator belt you know hopefully she can get there you know before time takes its toll on a on a fighter you know hopefully it don't because maybe she's just hitting her prime she's only like six or seven and oh right now and i had to put this picture up here man because i always forget man how big leah mccourt is when she matches up with these other girls man like i I picked Sarah McMahon in this fight. Like, this is the only fight I lost on the Bellator card, honestly. I lost. No, no, I picked Jenna, Catalina, Liz, and Chris. I picked. And Sarah. So, Sarah, Sarah McMahon was the only fight I picked wrong on this card, man, because I thought Sarah McMahon was going to do what she was doing in this picture and keep it going, but she lost momentum quick, man. Like, that's the thing about Liz Carl. Nah, that's the thing about Leah McCourt, man. That girl is huge. I forget how big she is sometimes, man. Like her and Kat, they were having like a time trying to get her down. Kat actually was able to endure. You know, she was actually had the stamina to keep it going. But Sarah, you know, she was she was struggling to get her down like this. And Leah McCourt, you know, her jujitsu solid and like her grappling's good. So I don't know if she should have wasted so much time trying to wrestle this big girl down like this, you know? Like Sarah, Jack, you know, she's muscular, she makes 145, but she's taking on this girl out like four or five inches taller, has good balance. She's working on her balance, is getting better. The striking really wasn't like a big factor for either of these fighters, but, um, well, it was when it got to the ground, right? <laughs> you know, Leah McCourt. When she got Sarah on her back, she just unloaded. And I was like, is that it, Sarah? Oh, man, come on. No, come on. Like, you got a lot of room to block here. But then just she just gave up in that last round. And I kind of see what some people are saying. Like, you know, Sarah McMahon, she's not like that dog type of fighter. I mean, yeah, she's a wrestler and everything, you know, Olympic wrestler. But I know what you mean when you say dogs, like gritty dog fighters, like Julieta Pena, you know, even um, like Julieta Pena and – who else am I thinking of? That's like a real dog 
from like the bantamweight days. Um, even Nunes, you know what I mean. Like girls that are gonna fight to the end, you know, they just don't break that easy. But she took a few shots and she was just seemed like she was done, man. Like just unloaded on her. So yeah, man. Um, well, Sarah McMahon, she came over, get some money. 43 years old. I'm sure she'll fight a couple more times, but after seeing that performance, I don't see her making her way back in because she fight like a girl like Sarah Collins or even Sinead Kavanaugh. You know, they're going to they gonna lay her out. They're going to lay her out, man. You know? But yeah, uh, Lee McCourt, the thing I like about her, you know, as far as uh, her growth is for somebody that tall and long, you know, she does impress me with her balance. Like these girls try to bully her and smother her, but she knows how to use like that sprawl technique. Well, like I know Megan Anderson is still a few inches taller, but there's something about Leah McCourt where her balance just seems better. Like she's not too gangly. Like she doesn't, she doesn't seem too stumbly. Like she loses her footing easy. Like that's why I would like to see Leah McCourt step her, her striking up a little bit more because she'd be a little bit lighter on her feet but or you know even like she could be a stationary fighter you know put more power on her punches but yeah Lee McCourt's not really like a fighter I would say is too gangly and can't keep her balance because I mean Megan's what like of course two or three inches taller but when girls try to like rush when they try to rush Leah McCourt um they they find out that she has great balance and she's too strong for her. man. She's she can maneuver, man. Like she she was maneuvering Sarah in this fight. Like look at look at how Sarah was on her back and how heavy Sarah is. But you know she took that with ease, man. Girl, yeah, girl's strong. Ravioli said Lee is way stronger than she looked. Yes, yeah, she is. She is strong. So you know, I used to kind of criticize Lee McCord a little bit. Maybe it's because of, you know me being a striking fan. I was looking at the striking, but. I think as far as her grappling, she's doing what she needs to do. But moving forward, her fighting Chris, I think we all know how that comes out. Her and Chris Cyborg next, I think we all know how that comes out, man. Real quick, Robot said, Kama, what do you think about Usada stepping away from the UFC? I personally will stop watching fights if they can cheat with no consequence. Yeah, my my response to that, Robot Chicken, was the same as Demetrius Johnson. You're going to see a bunch of – you're going to be – you gonna see a bunch of souped up fighters. What did he say? He's like, you're gonna see a bunch of fighters with superpowers up in there. <laughs> he said, you're gonna see a bunch of fighters with superpowers up in there. He said, they're gonna be juiced to the gills, man. They better do something though, man. Vada, get ready to side They better do some of their own testing, man, because fighters will be coming up with big old big heads, jaw lines. You can see um might see Alex Grasso head get huge or something. <laughs> I mean, if they ain't, you know, they ain't going to be stopping people. You will see Paulo, Paulo Costa biceps bust in the ring because they, they start, you know, they're, they're juiced to the max, you know. Um, who else? You see uh, Juliana Pena with facial hair or something like that when they when they get rid of your side. You can see... Um, might see Whaley come in with a goatee now. I'm just playing. You know, I'm just messing, but that's what it looked like. That's what it's looked like. 
they better get you know they better get on it man they better still look out for this drink yeah because i ain't gonna yeah, i ain't gonna tune in as much if they're gonna start doing that like if i see a difference in the women too like women start taking more 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 and more punches than they used to there's gonna be a problem with that like if they're if their durability is going through the roof i'm gonna be like uh-oh you know i mean we already know the game too though like you know to me it's just like the movie business like everybody's probably on some type of drug you know everybody's on some type of drug with the pressure they're under you know but that's a different story right but they do need to have some type of stable drug testing moving forward in the new year right yep all right moving on real quick i know i didn't really discuss it too much yeah i didn't do no videos on it because i just i'm just coming back today liz carmooch she retains her title fifth round stoppage over leah mccourt first time she's been stopped before in her career um it is right alima course first alima lay's first time excuse me alima lay's first time she's been stopped i believe and like i said i didn't really i wanted to see them go at it but what fighters say before the fight is usually different than what happens in the in the cage you know they did say that they were going to go at it not show friendship they were going to fight but there came a point where it seemed Liz came more to spar more so than McFarlane did. I think McFarlane actually came to fight a little bit more. But maybe she was a little ashamed of herself as well because she missed weight. And maybe she felt like it wouldn't have been right if she went after Liz Carmouche and then beat Liz and then the belt comes vacant. So this fight just had a lot of like stink stink on it man like a lot of stuff just didn't work out you know the friendship kind of slowed it down her missing weight the the actual performance not coming through you know so it wasn't really much to say about it i mean liz is on her undefeated streak at belt so liz carmouche is still holding on to the belt you know um hopefully we don't see friends like fight like this anymore or come in with this type of performance but i thought that liz didn't never really stepped on the gas in the fight she never really like landed any strikes up top. It was mostly McFarlane winning the first two rounds, just outlanding, landing her right hand on Carmouche's first two rounds. And after Carmouche won the first two rounds, it just seemed like she slowed it down. Excuse me, after McFarlane won the first two rounds. You know, McFarlane won the first two rounds. And that's where she seemed to kind of slow down and Carmouche took over. And when she landed that one right kick to the knee, it was just kind of downhill from there. You know, Carmouche just kept landing that kick round three, round four, until she stopped there in round five. And that's pretty much the fight. There's no blow by blow or no nothing special that could have happened here. It was just, that's what you saw. <laughs> it was like a sparring session, like a messed up sparring session when you keep on kicking your opponent's leg over and over and you know it's hurt. But it was a fight. But outside of that, Carmouche never really did anything to uh, completely take over in the fight and win it. So to me, I'm just like, hmm, okay. So yeah, the performance wasn't great. Uh, stoppage 
this was the only stoppage I would complain about as far as just lackluster. You know, I, I think I would have preferred Carmouche stop McFarland with like a left hook or maybe rocked her and just kept punching until the ref stopped it. But she was tearing that leg up, man. Like to me, that little systematic breakdown of the one leg might do more damage for you in your next fight than, you know, getting knocked out because damage them legs, man, ACL, tear, whatever, you know, you might not be back. I know she's towards the end of her career, but I'm just saying, like, you see fighters go out for a long time, you know. Uh, Alexa Grasso, you know, she was out a year after she tore her ACL. Macy Barber was out a year after she tore her ACL. But no one was out almost over, almost a year when she ruptured her ligament. Uh, Casey O'Neill was out over a year when she tore her ACL. So, you know, what Liz maybe thought she was doing was kind of carrying McFarlane and maybe not doing too much damage. But to me, man, that, yeah, she might have saved her friend by maybe just knocking her out or maybe choking her out, <laughs> you know, making her tap versus kicking that leg continuously. You know, that's how I saw it, man. So I don't know, man. Maybe she should have just... You know, if you if if you're gonna make a fight like uneventful like that, or if you're trying to save your friend, you know, just go ahead and get them out of there real quick, or dance around them, do whatever you got to do. But I don't know. Hopefully, McFarland's leg isn't damaged that that bad. Like even if she is retiring, so Ravio says so that so was that McFarland's bad leg that makes it even weirder. Yeah, apparently it was the bad knee. Uh, Brian said Lima had already had an injury to that knee. Liz knew it and took advantage once it was hurt, but that didn't that didn't happen until round three. The first two rounds, Liz did nothing that looked like fighting. Yeah, yeah. McFarland won the first two rounds. Like I said, I gave her the first two rounds, and then when she landed that leg kick, that's where she finally started, you know, taking over. So, yeah, to me, it was one of them things. Like I said at the beginning, um. Training partners and friends, I guess, are two different things. You know, training partners mean you, that's just somebody you train with. They might know you, but when you're actually friends, it does affect the performance. Or some people just have to know how to draw the line. You know, uh, we can be friends after. I know that's what I don't always agree with Dana White, but that was something he was saying. You know, Dana White said it. He's like, hey, y'all can be friends after. You know, y'all can make some money together fight let that be it especially if y'all in the same division he might have been talking about um uh aljamain and uh, what's his name so you know but yeah from here i don't know mcfarland i think maybe she should call it a day because she keeps if she keeps on missing weight too i mean you know maybe she just needs to call it a day you know, i don't know if she ever get the belt back uh carl mooch i don't know who's next in this division she could fight justine quiche uh, the winner of Anaba and Kilholtz, we'll see. We already seen what she did at Velasquez. Velasquez got a fight coming up, but even if Velasquez wins, we don't want to see that anymore, right? So yeah, <laughs> Ravio said Liz continued to embarrass Bellator. Um, it definitely wasn't a good fight, man. It definitely was not a good fight. That's why I say it's the one stoppage on this card I have to complain about. Like I enjoyed Jenna Bishop's performance a lot more. Hell, I enjoy Liam McCourt's finish over Sarah McMahon because they really went after it. Like this one, it was just kind of like one of those freak accidents where you have to keep on 
kicking and kicking and somebody said that's enough no mas you know but the fight was what it was at this point um i guess i expect i hold the ufc higher stand to a higher standard the grasso shevchenko rematch blows that out the water so i'd watch that again over and over to watch that fight it's bad taste out of my mouth <laughs> all right so chris destroying cat that was my pick the end <laughs> i'm serious that, that's what it was like like i said i rooted for cat i root for underdogs i, I rooted for cat because you know she made the fight happen she she wanted it and you know if, if she could do it yeah that's a storybook that would be a storybook career ending right there you know if she did choose to end it there or she want to fight on that still be a big part of her career right it's a big highlight you know fought everybody from ronda rousey to man nunez chris cyborg uh, you come back and beat chris cyborg do something big a storybook you know but it didn't work out that way like like i said i wanted to see that and i talked about things she would need to do and that's what i do i talk about things that the fighter needs to do in there because I said, because I said Cat needs to do this, that doesn't mean I'm picking her. Because <laughs> I still had to pick Chris when it came down to I'm picking the bigger, stronger, well-rounded fighter in this one. And if you can't, my number one thing I said, if you can't get past Chris Cyborg's power, then you are up Creed. You know, if you can't get on the inside and get your wrestling going, and you can't smother her attack and spin round after round on the ground where you need to be, then this is what it's going to be, just like every other fight. Yeah, Ravioli said Chris didn't break a sweat. No, not at all, man. I mean, yeah, we all knew she was going to win. But if I want to, you know, get a little creative, and like I said, BJ asked me, I know BJ feels, he felt like the wrestling was going to be this big key. And I'm like, oh, bro, I don't know. Like, for Cats wrestling to work on Chris, she's got to be able to take her down relentlessly and in her strength has to be on par with chris cyborg's and she's got to be able to neutralize her with a jab or a couple good shots you know that's all they had that's th those are the things you need but if you don't have that then this is all this is all she wrote this is all it's going to be Oh, six said the cyborg cat fight looked like the Alima Lay versus Sakramon fight. Oh man, I remember that fight, man. Her Alima Lay fighting the Karen, like the girl, the woman that came in the Karen outfit. I was like, wow, I couldn't believe that was a fight, man. Uh, Brian said she did all that talking, ended up fight curled up in the fetal position. If you're gonna talk all that trash, you gotta take that cable like a G, man. Mm. I mean, the approach. The striking approach, we knew Cyborg would have better boxing, but, you know, to me, I think Kat should have had, like, more of a tactical game plan with that as far as how she was going to set up her takedowns. Like, she started, like, she started with some nice little kicks where she was measuring, and like, she was out of range, but as soon as she ate a couple power shots, like, she was like, I'm done. I'm done. And I don't know, man, she might be done now for real, man, because there's really nothing else for her. You know, what is a cat and Sarah McMahon going to do? Fight? Maybe fight for a rematch? You know? But, yeah, man, that's that was the whole weekend of fights. It wasn't, like I said, this epic thing. But 
four out of five stoppages for the women, I think that was impressive. And there was some good UFC fights for their levels, right? Yeah, poor cat. Uh, like I said, man, with that whole thing, Chris is uh whole um consoling cat and everything. That was my thoughts. So I said in the video, you know, I ain't gonna go all into it, but I just think that yeah, if, if somebody don't like you, they just ain't never gonna like you. You know, they just ain't never gonna like you. Uh, and to me, poor cat. If she really got triggered by those things that Cyborg did, you know, she should have been like, she should have been, you know, gearing up, not not pouting about it. I will say that, like, if somebody takes something that's yours, you don't pout about it. You know, you you better you better gear up. You you better get in there and do what you got to do to get better. But yeah, eight fights this past weekend, and now we got four from the UFC. Let's see what we got. Let me pull up this card, y'all. UFC Fight Night: Yosef versus Barbosa. Edson Barbosa is back, y'all. Versus Sadiq. Is it Sadiq Yosef? And the co-main event is Jennifer Maya, Viviana Ruo. That's a good co-main event for this card. All right, let me pull this thing up. We talk about the four fights we got on here. Let's see. Boom. First, we got. Let's move up. 12 fights. Ashley Yoder and Emily Dakota kicking this thing off. Man. I am a fan of Emily Dakota, man. Emily Dakota, though, man, like, I was expecting a bigger splash from her. Just because, you know, she's, uh, has a lot of experience in offering. She fought everywhere, man. Victor, Bellator. And, I mean, maybe that could be, like, a downside, you know, a lot of wear and tear. You know, she's been fighting since about eight years in 2015. And she hadn't really, like, taken a break either. You know, she's always fought. You know, she's always fought just about every year since then. So, uh, she stays busy. She stays busy, man. So, you know, over the years, I just looking at what she's been able to acquire and things she's been able to learn. I was like, you know, maybe this girl, she will make it to the top 15. But been kind of a rough start, you know, when you run into some of these veterans that have been there and done that, like Angela Hill and Loopy, you know, fighters like that, they'll kind of wake you up and say, okay, that's what I need to work on. And I think that's where Emily Dakota is right now. Like, she's going in here with another veteran and Ashley Yoder. And I know right off top, some people say it's going to be an easy fight, but not necessarily, man. Like, yeah, Ashley Yoder, she 8-8, eight and eight, but that, that girl ain't never been stopped in her career, man. Ashley Yoder, like, She'll keep on coming, and she's very awkward. So this is kind of a – I won't say it's a gimme fight because there's going to be some moments where Emily Dakota is going to have to put in some work because Ashley Oda, she's a mover, and she'll try to take you down. If she gets you down, she's very flexible. But um, I think, to me, it should be one Emily Dakota should be able to catch up to Yoder on, put her punches together, get some respect. Use those leg kicks, get that work in. But if it goes to the ground, yeah, Ashley Yoder, she's a very flexible, interesting type of fighter there. I'm surprised that Ashley Yoder's still here, though, man. Like, she's 8-8 eight and eight now. And uh, she is, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Ooh-wee. That girl 3-7, man. 
Man, Ashley Yoder is three and seven. I did not even know that, man. I might have known that, but I don't think I mentioned that before, man. Dope. Yeah, three and seven. So yeah, this might be a free Ashley Yoder, you know. I think every fight Ashley Yoder is gonna be in is gonna be that type of chopping block fight. But with Emily Ducote, or her two fights losing streak, I don't think this is in for her. But yeah, she's gotta show up for this one. She definitely gotta show up for this one, man. You know, just just to separate herself from the fighters that are three and seven to make us say, okay, she regrouped, she's getting better, you know. Because I think Emily Dakota still has a pretty decent style. There just has to be some adjustments made, you know, as far as her takedown defense and even her, even her hand speed. Not, well, I didn't say hand speed, but just her work rate. You know, I'm not even really gonna pick in these fights, but this is one y'all need to check out. You know, see if you're a fan of Emily Dakota. It's going down, but this bantamweight fight should be interesting. You know, uh, the, the UFC is slowly trying to rebuild bantamweight. Uh, real quick, Marcus said, breaking, the UFC will be partnering with Drug Free Sport International in the future. Okay. Drug Free International. Okay. Well, they better, they better team up with somebody. Because like Six said, UFC is going to grow fighters like Space Jam. Yeah, man. Tell you, man. Women going to come in with goatees and sideburns, chin straps. Gonna come in with acne. Come in jack to the gills. You're going to see more knockouts. Or you're going to see more big heads up in there. Just taking punch after punch. You know, we better, better get, get that under control. Get that under control. Okay, Bella, yeah, not Bellator, but um, the UFC is trying to rebuild this bantamweight division here. So let's take a look at. Let's take a look at this. We got two bandweight fights, four new prospects that just been signed recently. We got, oh, you know what? Oh, okay, the third fight is uh, actually, but let's pull her up first. I'm gonna jump back to this one. Russian Ronda. Russian Ronda versus Melissa Dixon. Okay. And Russian Ronda is trying to make her way to Bantamweight, but she missed weight first fight into the UFC, right? I know she has a situation going on, so it don't be too hard, right? I guess, right? She has something going on. That's why she missed weight, I believe. Irina Axleva, a.k.a. Russian Ronda, is taking on newcomer Melissa Dixon. Russian Ronda's 5-1. Melissa Dixon's 5-0. I looked at a few of Melissa Dixon's fights. You know, she's a tough, scrappy girl that likes to go in there and get them knockouts. She's got some heavy hands. So I think we got an exciting fight, man. Ravioli said, who's Melissa Dixon? She's a newcomer. She's fought a few times for, like, um, what, is that what is that organization called? It's like a lower-level organization I see, like, on YouTube. Uh, Golden Ticket. And Aries, no, Aries, Aries FC. Aries FC and a few golden ticket fights on YouTube. But, yeah, she's a newcomer. Uh, got a few stoppages, like three stoppages out of five wins. Uh, ground and pound style, stand-up style. You know, she does a little bit of everything. She's about 5'7". You know, she's just kind of a well-rounded fighter. She's from the U.K. 
you know. So um, I've been looking at her style. And I like her. I like her. I like her her fighting style. Um, this Russian Ronda girl too, man. Like I think she brings an interesting type of energy to the game. You know, she's coming in with this. I don't know. Is it Rush? Is this? If it's Russian Ronda, or is it Conor McGregor? Like she calls herself Russian Ronda, but she got more of the Conor McGregor type of uh, swag. So she's like a hybrid. She's like got Conor McGregor's hair and uh, Ronda Rousey's face, you know, so she's like uh, some type of hybrid they made. And um, she brings, you know, she brings it, you know, she's fought for Bellator, seen a fight, maybe one or two fights in Bellator. And she got a solid, solid win, you know, against Stephanie Edgar. I mean, the way she went after that knee bar, it was it was slick. Last time I looked at it, I like how she came in with that slickness and got it, man. Like, so she she has the ground game. She has that kind of like puncher style where she comes in and just tries to force the fight. So leaving her chin open won't be a good idea against Melissa Dixon. You know, she's got heavy hands. Um, Melissa Dixon actually knocked out one of these girls that the UFC just signed, uh, Daria Zalesnikova. You know, that's another girl. I've seen a few fights. You know, she's got some action to her. So, yeah, Bellator, they signed some new girls here that they're hoping can bring some new energy to the 135-pound division. And uh, I think they got some good names. I won't say good, like, good names, but they got some good potential here. Like, between Russian Ronda, Melissa Dixon, and um, this young lady, Liz Boa, I think they've got some nice promising fighters i'll say that i'll say that okay so tenara lisboa ravina Oliveira. i meant to watch some Oliveira's fights but i didn't get a chance to so i can't tell you anything about her except that she's like seven and one you know her loss is like first losses five years ago you know since then she's going nice little win streak fighting like little brazilian organizations you know so to see what she offers you know, it's just, we just have to wait and see. You know, we have to wait and see with some of these newcomers. You know, they're going to bring it or they're going to be too green. You don't know. Uh, Liz Boa, though, from what I've seen from Liz Boa, I do like uh, her well-rounded style. Like, the Muay Thai fighter, but I like the way she switched it up on uh, Jesse just in her first fight. Like, she went in, take down, got a submission, you know. So uh, even though Lisboa is a Muay Thai fighter, you know, she's definitely been working on her submission game. You know, she's got a few triangle chokes, uh, arm triangle chokes and resume. She's been knocking girls out. Um, first fight in, she lost to Norman Dumont. It was like seven years ago. She lost to that girl, Lorraine Santos, that fought on Bellator the other night or Saturday. But other than that, you know, she's been like putting her game together, like transitioning from Muay Thai to MMA it can be tough but I got some um I got some faith in um Tenara Lisboa I think out of the one band of weights that they signed I think right now like I'm looking at her she only, only got one win but I'm just saying like as far as like how she's evolving from what I've seen I think you know she looks to be the one let's see how Russian Ronda does though let's see how Russian Ronda plays out I ain't really picking at these fights. These are just newcomers. We're going to go in and watch, and that's it, because 
ain't ain't much to say as far as like these girls got it like that yet to be picking. Oh, uh, Rabbit said, "Where is Kayla Harrison still alive?" Yeah, she just did an interview yesterday. She did an interview yesterday talking about her upcoming fight with Julia Bud. So you know, you know, uh, I think that's a win for uh, Kayla Harrison. You know, hopefully she get back into the mix and uh, we see where things go from here. Maybe her and Chris make their fight because I'm about tired of hearing that that thing. I'm tired of hearing about that fight. I just need to go ahead and have it. <laughs> okay, so those are all the bantamweight fights. We got Strawy fight, two bantamweight fights. So let's talk about this fight because I keep seeing Easy said Maya going to cook. Let's talk about Jennifer Maya. Vivian Arujo, man. Let's talk about this co-main event. Okay, we talked about the newcomers and the prospects. We said about all we can say about them. But let's talk about let's talk about these girls right here. Maya and Arujo. Jennifer Maya, I'm a fan of her style. I am. I'm a fan of her style. But I just can't... I. You know, there's, there's something about her sometimes where she just kind of not falls flat, but she just doesn't rise fully to that occasion, man. Like when she's in there, she just won't step it all the way up. You know, there's still like a lack in there. Like even when I saw that Valentina fight again, you know, I look at it, a Valentina fight, like there were some things in there I think she could have done to win because she was strong and like Valentina really couldn't hurt her. She could have took full charge in there, you know, and just use that strength. You know, she maybe made some smarter moves with her boxing, but that's where Alexa Grasso, she picked it up, man. Grasso, she picked it up from there, man. Grasso saw what Jennifer Maya, where Jennifer Maya and many other girls failed. She picked it up. But you know, I think Jennifer Maya, um, like I was saying earlier, she still is a force at 125. She still makes up part of the division that is dangerous because – Jennifer Maya is still a test for these other girls want to come up. And um, if you can't get by her, then you're not really contender material. Let's put it that way. Jennifer Maya is the fighter that you need to fight to prove that you are contender material. And I think um, that's what my man BJ was saying, that, you know, he wanted to see Aaron Blanchfield get to that level and fight her. You know, um, it would have been a nice test, but she didn't get that fight. And yeah, I, I could see style-wise Jennifer Maya maybe giving Aaron a tough fight or even winning that fight. But some of the other girls that got tested by her, like Casey O'Neill, they couldn't get by her. Of course, Manone did. You know, I think that um, once you can get by that well-rounded style and get by some of the things that she's doing, you know, you prove that, okay, I can surpass this. You know, uh, her boxing, her strength, kickboxing or jujitsu but that's the thing you know jennifer meyer doesn't really use her jujitsu enough i believe like the girl's a black belt but she doesn't use it a lot like she doesn't shoot a lot she's strong too man like when was the last submission she got jojo like once she hurt jojo in that fight she took it to the ground man but since then like when chikagan she fought chikagan she got outpointed in that fight I believe Chikagan took her down. <laughs> it was either the first or second fight with Chikagan, but she got taken down in that fight. You know, um, it's like she's kind of like Andrea Lee in a way where Jennifer Maya has all these tools, but she just comes up short. She doesn't use them enough. 
you know. So this going to be a fight where she's got to use everything and got to look good. And I believe she can. Arujo, on the other hand, I see Six said he's got Arujo's a dog. He's going with her. Arujo's a dog, man. But she stands at 11 to 5. And I picked Arujo in a number of her fights. And uh, she has disappointed me. I picked her in all picked her in her last four fights and she's one and three let me put it that way <laughs> okay but i still like her i do i still like her i like her action but i think she can improve i don't like some of the things she does in there though like she's exciting man but i don't like some of the things she's doing in there man viviana rujo i, I did pick her against chikagan chikagan put them hands on her picked her against andrea lee she almost got dropped in that Andrea Lee fight, but she came back and won it. Picked her against Grasso. Boy, I feel stupid, man. <laughs> I, I remember calling that fight like last year with y'all, man. And I was like, oh, man. After the second round, I was like, are we about to lose this fight? <laughs> it was either after the first or the second round. I was like, oh, she about to lose this fight, man. And then Amanda Ebos. I was like, oh, she's knocking Amanda Ebos out. And then I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm not picking Viviana Ruho anymore, man. She is killing me here, man. Just when I think she's going to use that shotgun jab and that power, she fails me. But you know why. Like, You know why, I mean. Look at the last few fights. Look at everybody that's beat her in the last four fights. How did they beat her? Technique, skill, and the gas tank. Yeah, Ravioli. Um, Viviana relies a lot on athleticism too much yeah she relies on athleticism too much and it's kind of bad to rely on athleticism when you might have cardio issues cardio issues so factor in athletic style versus technical textbook styles like chikagan tech tech technical boxer quicker got the gas tank she can outlast you she ain't got to knock you out. Grasso, same thing. Discipline, good popping hands, good jab, very good technical basis. And then the Ebos. You know, Ebos didn't necessarily have like the best box, but Ebos was jabbing the heck out of Arujo in that fight. Y'all know that. Uh, Y'all remember that Arujo was getting jabbed up by Ebos. And Ebos was taking her down. So that's all it is, man. Like, when you look at the losses, you'll see what it is. And I think, man, if Arujo's team look at that, they need to say, okay, we got to stop being so athletic. Like, we got to stop jumping around and being like this burst of energy because by the second round, we're going to be we gonna be huffing and puffing. You know, they need to put more of a – they need to put more of a tactical game plan with how she uses her jab and her power because I think she would knock more girls out if she was tactical. Like, she's more unorthodox now. But if she went back to more like basic styles, she could set up her punches. Like she could set up some knockouts. Like if she would learn how to just, you know, jab a little bit more like Grasso and, and set up that overhand right, she'd be knocking girls out. I promise you. I promise you. The same way you see how Grasso started believing her power and she dropped Valentina in this last fight and she rocked Valentina in the last fight. Shoot. She probably could knock Valentina out at some point in either fight, you know, if she would have stepped on the gas. But my point is, if you 
become more of a technical fighter with what Arujo is packing, man, she'd be knocking girls out. Let me get a hold of Arujo. I mean, I would train her ever knocking people out. I'm just saying, like, honestly, I'm just saying. And that's going on for the resume. I could do that because when I'm looking at this here, how she lost to everybody, like Alexa Grasso, she got jabbed up by Alexa Grasso and Ebos. And I, tell you, I I break it down to 100%. Why? It's because, man, like, she's standing in front of them. She's trying to outspeed them. So when she's trying to outspeed you, what does Grasso do? I got that timing down. Boom, 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 boom. You back out on the outside again. You ain't coming in. Our rule can't find no way in. Trying to get in. Boom, boom. Getting jabbed again. She can't get in. Same with Ebos. Jabbing the head like Jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. Then our Ebos takes it down. So it's like by the time she try to pick it up, she guffing, she puffing, she tired. You know, so I just think that she need more of a technical base, man. She just need more of a technical base, and she'll have it. And she could get there. But, man, like, time is, time is fine, man. She's already 36 years old, too, man. She's been in the UFC four years now. Hey, four years, and she is three, four. She's four and four. She's four and four. You know, she'll beat that level of fighters like the C's and D's, but A's and B's, no. Maybe even some C's will beat her, you know. So, you know, our rule got to, she got to step on it. Got to step on it right now, man. Man. Easy said Grasso should have never let Valentina complete that role. She should have closed this as a clock going away up. Yeah, she should have. Like, when she hit her with the right and she rolled, she should have been ready for uppercut left hook, man. Like, she should have been up for uppercut, uppercut left hook, man. <laughs> but when she went in for that clinch, she actually gave her time to recover. But, yeah, um, this fight coming up, man, Aruho is more in a win. She, she's, she's in a must-win position. Um, six, how does she do it, man? Because I don't know if she does it. I think Jennifer Myers got everything she needs to do this. Uh, Jennifer Maya right now has been winning. After losing two in a row to Chicago and Manome, she beat girls with, I'll say, good striking, okay striking. But she'll step out the box and put, beat them by using lateral movement and footwork. And I think that's where Maya will be successful against Arujo. She beat Marina Moreau and Casey O'Neill. Those are fighters she should be able to beat, though. Those are fighters she should be able to beat. You know, those are fighters that need to. Um, well, Casey O'Neill is a fighter that needs to step up her game when it comes to her defense and so on. So yeah, um, I see my beat you know, those levels. But this is the fight that's going to tell us if Arujo is on their level now. You know, if Maya goes in here, and schools her, maybe even stops her. You know, shoot, I don't know. I don't think Aruho gets cut off of this, man, but she'll be on a three-fight losing streak, and she'll be fighting down now. She might be fighting J.J. Aldridge next, man. She loses this fight. Or Miranda Maverick, who knows? That'd be a good fight. Miranda versus uh, Aruho. I know she called out Andrea Lee, but we'll see. Uh, let's see. Aruho needs a new camp to evolve. 
Yeah, she do. 100%. She needs that new camp, too. That's why if the, if the camp isn't new for this fight, I got to go with Jennifer Maya. So who do y'all got? Who do y'all got before I get up out of here? Who do y'all got? I know Six said he's got Arujo. Easy said he's got Arujo. No, 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 no. It's my bad. Six said he's got Vivian Arujo. Easy E's got Jennifer Maya. Ravioli's got Jennifer Maya. Okay, I'm going with Jennifer Maya. This, this is the only one I'm picking. Yeah. River at what's up? He said, Combo, you're a very well informed individual when it comes to MMA fighters. I always watching YouTube videos. I appreciate it, man. I do appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I just sit back and watch them. Just, you know, study them. Don't make stuff up. You know, I just watch them. Give my give my take. But yeah, always tune in, man. I appreciate you. Robot Chicken said, Maya, can't trust the gas tank on our Rujo. Runnerini said, Viviana Rujo. Okay. Easy said, glad you brought it up. Maya going to get her a sub to satisfy you. I need something like that. James said he's got Maya. He'll take Maya. I, I won't be happy, man. I won't be happy, man. Well, I'll be happy for if she gets a, even a decision win, but um, I'll be happy if she can go back on the finishing, finishing. Uh, well, she was never really on like a big finishing streak. Maya, you know, Maya's last finish was JoJo, and that was her only finish in the UFC. So I can't hold her to that highest standard. JoJo was the only person she submitted. Same with Alexa Grasso. Like Grasso never stopped anybody in the UFC until she came across JoJo first. And then she makes a big jump and stops Valentina or submits her, whatever. Finishes. Yeah. But yeah, Jennifer Maya ain't finished anybody except JoJo in the UFC. So if she does it, I'll be happy. Easy. But if she don't, no. I'll just say, okay, fine. She got a victory like we thought. Six at Arville keeping it on her feet is her key to victory. Unanimous decision. Woo-wee. Unanimous decision for Arrujo. Okay. James Perez said, I get most of his takes from him. He just won't tell you. <laughs> He's, I get most of his takes from him. Okay. I got, um, I got that Valentino Grasso first fight take for me too. Uh, let me see. I'm just looking into some stuff here. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Jennifer Maya. I'm gonna go with Jennifer Maya. I put up the poll. Let me see what the. Uh, let me see what y'all got on the poll. Let me see what the percentage is so far. Uh, Brian said, yeah, he's got, he said he had to pick Maya too. Okay. How does Jennifer Maya lose this fight? Like, how does she throw it away? Is it simply by not going to the ground? 88% for Jennifer Maya, 13 for Viviana Rujo. Dang. Easy said he won three off of that grass so that night. I had a feeling. Yeah, I was upset too, man. I could have won four. 
I, you know what? I'm glad it. I'm glad I didn't put any on the, the second fight though, because some people were saying, "Oh, she for sure gonna get it." I was. I wouldn't feel. Uh, I was like, "Nah, I wouldn't feel it at that night." Sometime with the first fight, you can know there's like a gut feeling, but on the second, nobody really know. So I'm glad I ain't put. I ain't put nothing on that second fight. I said, "No way." James Perez said, when do you expect him to book Mano and Aaron? Probably like, yeah, yeah, roughly around January to March. I think they'll do it early because they want to go ahead and get that out of the way. Because, you know, Grasso and Shevchenko are going to be recovered around that time. And I'm sure Valentino going to be sparring again or striking again by February or January. And then they're going to lock that fight in because Dana going to make that fight. So, yeah, I think Manon and Aaron, they probably going to bring in the new year with that fight. Might as well make it a, a flyway interim interim fight, huh? Yeah, yeah, but that's that's about it, y'all. Um, a lot of fights going on. We had some good fights this, this weekend. Brian said, I'm really seeing when my I'm really seeing when I pick with my head, my heart lets me down sometimes. So there's like this gut feeling that you get sometimes where you just know like that first fight with Grasso, like there was something that was telling me like the walk, but I was against it. I was like, no, I'm gonna stick out with Valentine. I was like, but part of me was like, uh oh, Grasso really, really looks ready. There's something about this walk from Grasso. You know, there's something about the walk from Grasso, and I was like, she looks ready. This might be something scary here. Lo and behold, she did it. I know that's how I felt when Holly fought Ronda, too, man. Like, I I went in picking Holly home. I was like, I think Holly's going to win this with the style, style matchup and everything. You know, just some of the major upsets in the game, man. <laughs> Pena beating Nunez, that was a bit of a surprise. Like, yeah, I picked Nunez in that, though. But, yeah, that's all I got tonight, y'all. I'm about to get up off of here. Um, we're going to probably come back on after fights have taken place or maybe, maybe tomorrow night. We'll see. But uh, on your way out, make sure y'all subscribe everywhere. Hit that like button. Um, he said, I'd rather see one of Silva's girls, one of the Silver girls fight Maya because Vivian don't need that fight. It's a waste of time. Yeah, really, I think um, Viviana Rule should be fighting down. I mean, she was fighting um, she was fighting, you know, uh, Casey O'Neill, but they should have just let her fight somebody that was maybe down the ranks too. But yeah, I'm, I'm jumping off, y'all. It's been a good one. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Like I said, subscribe everywhere. Hit that like. And I'll catch y'all later this week. Like always, Combo Breaker 99. I'm out. Peace.